coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, why we age and how to stop it. Let's do this. enough it's funny everything is something good for you red wine has resveratrol white wine has quercetin mm. and uh beer is full of spermidine so like you can always come up with an excuse to have a drink after work yeah i'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate one billion people I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast, best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I'm grateful to be here with you today. We have a special guest, Dr. Sandra Kaufman, medical doctor, anti-aging researcher, author of the Kaufman Protocol, and whoa, did she lay out the blueprint for how to reverse your biological clock. You have your chronological age, 23, 73, 55 years old, but then you have your cellular age and you could actually do what's called the Benjamin Button Effect and reverse your cellular age. And we talk about that. On this episode, Dr. Kaufman talks about the seven categories of aging and what exactly happens to your cells during these categories. We talk about epigenetics, DNA and telomere length, disruptions in energy production, metabolic pathways such as sirtuins, AMPK and mTOR pathways, we get into how to boost the immune system, some of her favorite nutrients to use. We talk about the best ways to prevent skin cancer and the same way to prevent skin cancer happens to be one of her favorite supplements to take as well. We get into epigenetic modifiers such as sulforaphane, resveratrol, curcumin, and how that affects your genes positively. We discuss adjuvants versus supplements and so much more. This is going to be one of those episodes where you're probably going to have to pause it, take some notes, and then press play and continue because it is loaded with research and just brilliance. Before I bring Dr. Sandra Kaufman on the Keto Camp Podcast, I do want to take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Over the Hill Nurse titled, This Has Been Great. I have done keto in the past and never listened to a podcast at that time, but I found that this podcast is so informative and has a variety of speakers. I wish I had this podcast before. I would like to hear more about the disease processes that interfere with keto or slow it down and why, what you can do to improve the keto experience. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Over the Hill Nurse. Well, you know what? Your wish has been granted because on this episode, we actually get into what you would like to hear more of. I want to thank you for leaving that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show grow. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so today. It really makes a big difference. And we might just read your review on the next episode of the podcast. So please do so if you're getting any value from the show. Just a heads up, I am hosting a free online webinar 
that is all about keto and fasting. I'm gonna really deep dive into my four pillar framework on how to follow keto, how to do keto flexing, and how to pair it with fasting for tremendous results. This free ketosis masterclass is taking place very soon. If you head to ketosismasterclass.com, you can register your free spot. We do have limited capacity, so hopefully you're hearing this on time and we still have space available. Ketosismasterclass.com, lock in your spot. And we're also giving away over $300 worth of digital downloads, including meal plans, some of my best-selling books, and much more for those who attend. Hope to see you on there, ketosismasterclass.com. All right, let's dive deep into how to anti-age with Dr. Sandra Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman began her academic career in the field of cellular biology, earning a master's degree from the University of Connecticut in tropical ecology and plant physiology. Turning to medicine, she received her medical degree at the University of Maryland and completed a residency and fellowship at John Hopkins in the field of pediatric anesthesiology. Her avid interest in the science of anti-aging began many years ago as an intense hobby. Utilizing her knowledge in cell biology, human pharmacology, and physiology, this hobby has now become a main focus. The protocol represents years of non-clinical research leading to the first ever comprehensive theory of aging. Dr. Sandra Kaufman, welcome to the Keto Camp podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And you're not too far away. You're in Hollywood. I'm down in Miami Beach. So we're pretty close by. It's pretty cool. We just found that out. What? If I wasn't at work, I'd be at Miami Beach too. And I'd be like, <laughs> sitting in your living room. Yeah. Next time. Round two, we'll do that. I, I was telling you right before I hit record that I've had a lot of fun studying you and your book and listening to some podcasts you're on. You're up to some really cool, interesting research out there that I just geek out on. And you have a fantastic book, The Kaufman Protocol, which we'll get into. And you're writing a new book, which we'll talk about that as well. But I'm curious, and I'm sure the keto campers, my audience, are also interested in how did you get involved with the anti-aging aspect of health? So what's very interesting is I was a cell biologist before I went to med school. So I've been intrigued about how little cells work and what they do and what they can do for a zillion years. Unfortunately, I also discovered as a cell biologist that cells don't have insurance plans and they don't pay bills. So I was kind of depressed about this. My dad said, well, if you go to med school, I'll pay for it. And, you know, I gave in, went to med school went through a variety of different specialties. I tried general surgery for a little while. I tried some neurosurgery for a little while, landed in anesthesia, and I, I love it. And the cool thing about sort of taking this trip through medicine is you get a little bit of everything, and you learn about a zillion diseases and what goes wrong in the body. And then in terms of anesthesia, you learn about how drugs can affect the body and what it actually does on a cellular level. So it's it's all sorts of things of how drugs affect the body and how the body affects drugs and how much do you give and blah, 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 blah. So if you tie all of that stuff together, it's the perfect formula to why do cells decline with age? And I personally became extremely interested in this because I'm a rock climber and I was hanging off a cliff somewhere in my mid forties, you know, with a bunch of 30 year old dudes knowing I was going to get my ass kicked at some point. And I thought, if I could just not age, I could do this for like for a really long time. So I went on this sort of ridiculous quest, and God knows everyone told me how ridiculous it was, to sort of go through all of the reasons that people seem to think that we age, root them out, you know, root out the ridiculous ones, keep the reasonable ones, 
My office looked like a post-it note factory had exploded for a while, but I sort of rearranged all the post-its and then they ended up in seven piles. And that's what I decided to call the seven tenants of cellular aging. Fascinating. So you're rock climbing and that idea hit you. How can I beat these 30-year-olds? Or <laughs> I want to have a, a leg up on the uh, competition there. Yeah, so you have these seven categories that happen to ourselves. I talk a lot about cellular health and cellular function, and it's so important. So I love that you really get deep into the physiology of our cells. And I'd love for you to talk about all seven of them and then maybe also apply or mention some practical practical ways this is happening to us on a daily basis. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So hopefully I can spice this up because it really is a little bit drab and boring. But okay, so tenant one, and there's seven tenants, so uh, hold on to your hats. Tenant one has to do with DNA alterations, and DNA gets screwed up over time, and we know that you get epigenetic modulation, and we get telomeres that get shorter and shorter because the enzyme telomerase sort of peters out over time. Uh, the good news in this category is that if you sort of take care of your epigenetics via epigenetic modifiers like ECGC and sulfurophane and a variety of other ones, you can sort of keep that at bay. Telomere shortening is a little bit harder because um, we are working on some very expensive things. Well, I'm not. The researchers are to fix it like TA65 and cycloestrogenol. There's an 818. Uh, but they're better at avoiding the shortening versus actually reversing it. Um, and at this moment, the only thing that can really actually reverse it is gene therapy, which is very experimental and really expensive at the moment. So hold on to your hats for that one. We're not quite there yet. Okay. Uh, tenant two is mitochondria. It's the energy powerhouse of the cell. So without energy, nothing works. And depending on the type of cell, it will dictate how many mitochondria you have. Some cells have a couple, some of them have half a million. So it just sort of depends on energy requirements. And unfortunately, mitochondria fail over time, we know this, and they fail for many, many reasons, but the big two are number one, free radical problems, oxygen, which is necessary for the electron transport chain, one to 10% of it gets radicalized. And I like to think of this as little tiny bombs and they blow up your proteins and your DNA and your lipids, cause a whole lot of cellular problems. Your body is smart, so your cells make endogenous free radical scavengers, but of course, over the period of time, you stop doing that. So your mitochondria get worse and worse and worse and worse. They get more leaky, you get more electron damage, and then the whole thing sort of spirals out of control. And why do you call the mitochondria necessary evil? Because you need them. Well, actually, oxygen is the necessary evil, right? You need oxygen without which your electron transport does not work. It's the final uh, acceptor of, of the electrons. But uh, radicalized oxygen is extremely bad for you. Mm -hmm. um, it just causes a ton and ton and ton of damage. So you need some, but you don't need tons. Got it. And you definitely need your, your mitochondria, without which you'd be dead, essentially. The other thing that happens to mitochondria, at least over the age of 40, roughly, right, it's different for everyone, is a nicotinamide deficiency. And the electron transport chain uses NAD to transfer electrons. And without NAD, or again, your mitochondria does not work. Everyone over the age of 40 goes declines because your requirements go up. For example, you need it for not only your electron transport chain, but you also need it for sirtuin activation. You need it to repair your DNA. And it's also a communication device sort of within the cell. So one of the easiest things you can do, you know, late 30s, early 40s is to start fixing your NAD deficiency. 
few other reasons why my mitochondria bite the dust, but it gets incredibly esoteric. So we're just going to keep going to the next tenet. Okay, let's keep going. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back soon. Okay, so tenet three I call pathways. And these are pathways that start with genes. They produce proteins, and then they have myriad effects around the body. The big pathways are the AMP kinase pathway. And this is the one that tells you if you're starving or not. So if your AMP kinase is activated, it basically says you are very short in energy and you need to do anything you can to use less energy. And this is why so these starvation diets work. Put your body in a state of hibernation and it helps with longevity and it increases autophagy and a, and a variety of other things. The really good news is if you don't like to starve, and I'm terrible. I'm the worst intermittent faster ever. Are just, you? so grouchy. Oh, it's terrible. But you can cheat the system, and you can take things that increase your AMP kinase without actually having to starve. The most famous one is metformin, which is, you know, I think it's fabulous. I think they should put it in the drinking water. It's just it's just an amazing drug. Yeah, it gives some people a little diarrhea every now and then. But in terms of risk-benefit ratio, the benefits just are truly amazing. And how does your how does that compare to like dihydroberberin or just berberin? Have you looked at compared both of them? I, I have, and it's interesting. Um, they're both very good. They both do slightly different things. Actually, uh, that one's going to be in my new book because so many people ask me that question. It's a fantastic, very close second backup. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, good to know. Not quite as good, but if you can't get metformin, it's a fabulous, fabulous thing to be on. Okay. Got it. Uh, so the other pathways, there are seven mammalian sirtuins. There are more in non-mammals, obviously. Um, but in our case, these things, pathways, provide directions for your body for so many things. They sort of take care of your circadian rhythms. They take care of where your body hides your fat, takes care of your ratio of brown to white fat, takes care of how much endogenous uh, free radical scavenging you're going to make, tells your body to repair DNA. So the problem is that, of course, these pathways get turned off over time, and we want to keep them on. The big ones that help in this category are resveratrol and pterostilbene. Um, and of course, these agents do other things as well, but this is sort of why they're incredibly important. We want to keep our sirtuins on. Yeah. Right? The last uh, sort of famous pathway is the mTOR pathway. Mm -hmm. And this walks the other direction. This is sort of the pathway of youth, right? It keeps cells growing and producing and, and all of the things that we need in our youth. Unfortunately, it pushes cells beyond their boundaries, so they sort of don't work as well as they should. And studies have shown that if you sort of turn off the mTOR pathway, you're going to do much better. Uh, and you can do that with rapamycin. The problem at the moment, however, is that you're turning off all cell turnover. So memory tends to slip because the hippocampus depends on fast cell turnover. And you also become sarcopenic over time because your muscle has to turn over quickly. So we haven't exactly figured out the key to the mTOR pathway yet. So I tell people, you know, don't go nuts on that one yet. We're, we'll get there, but we don't have an answer yet. And it makes sense that if you're under the age of 18, you want more mTOR. Maybe over the age of 65, you want more mTOR, uh, more protein, more carbohydrates. And it's it's a delicate balance between the autophagy pathway and the mTOR pathway. And if you could really master that with your unique needs, I think that's where a lot of the health benefits will stem from. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely agreed. And uh, I should probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know this. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this. I talk about all of these categories of this as if they're completely isolated. 
And of course they're not, right? We could draw like the most complex Venn diagram with a million arrows going from one to the other. To simplify things clearly, I make them different, but they're really very interconnected. So absolutely, when you, you say the mTOR is connected to autophagy and autophagy is related to your, your mitochondria, blah, 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 of course it's all interrelated, but it gets really, really uh, sort of entangled. Okay, so what are we? One, four. The yep. fourth category is what I call quality control. And obviously, if people are listening, they've sort of realized that this is all based on a factory model. So if you know how a factory works, you know what I'm sort of talking about. So quality control means you have to check your widgets and then fix them to the best of your ability. And there are four protein repair mechanisms uh, that fail over time. And there are four DNA repair mechanisms that that fail over time. The good news is there are things that we can take to sort of fix this. So that's kind of useful. The other thing I have in this category is autophagy because I sort of consider it cellular recycling. So if you're checking your widgets and one doesn't really uh, do what it's supposed to do, you recycle it, you start again. That's what quality is, right? Yep. So probably the best thing for autophagy at the moment is probably spermidine. It's one of my new favorite agents. It's just, I think it's just horribly amazing. <laughs> horribly amazing. I like the way you word that. So it, it's just, it's spectacular. And it, plus, and it, it'll be in the new book, the names around it are just absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a sure. chemical, clearly it's related to something called putrescence. It's related to cat, oh, how do you even say it? Uh, cadaverescence like all these fantastic, deathly, horrible smelling names. And then it all comes from sperm. So right. it's kind of cool. So, you know, I've taken spermidine. I've I heard Dave Ashley speak about it. And um, somebody like me, I didn't notice a difference, right? But it's one of those things that you don't really notice a difference when you take spermidine, right? But I understand that what's happening. So explain a little bit more what happens when you take something like that. So a lot of the things that we take, you're not going to feel. If you take an anti-inflammatory, you are going to feel it. Mm -hmm. The issue is that you don't feel aging necessarily. Good point. Yep. Right? So you're not going to feel not aging. But spermidine does really, really cool things. And, and you're in luck because last week I gave a lecture at the University of Oxford on spermidine and everything that it does. So I, I can roll oh. off a ton of stuff here. Let's do it. So number one. <laughs> so spermidine is a uh, polyamine. So... Um, let me take that back. It is a polycation amine. So it is a positively charged chain, and it cozies up to your DNA, which is a negatively charged chain. And when it does this, I like to think of it as sort of bear-hugging your DNA. It protects it. It protects it from radiation. It protects it from free radicals. And studies have shown that it actually can keep your DNA safe from methylation, epigenetic change, and all of those sorts of things, and it reduces the risk of autoimmune disease. Mm. I call it the bubble wrap phenomenon. So if you picture your DNA, like you throw some bubble wrap around it, you can drop it. It's going to be absolutely fine. That's great. I love that. So that that's kind of really cool. It's also that and, and it's relative polyamines or free radical scavengers. So that that's helpful. There is some evidence that it helps with DNA repair. Not a ton, but some. Uh, it really helps with autophagy because as an epigenetic modifier, it affects does uh, an EP300 that turns off some enzymes that then activate your autophagy. So the best time to have it would be during a fast? Um, well, you don't have to. See, this is the whole point. I can't fast. And some people, you know, if you want to, great, but if you're older and you can't tolerate fasting or, you know, whatever, it's just a fantastic mechanism to increase autophagy. Got it. 
And then in terms of glycation and that sort of thing, which we haven't gotten to uh, yet in terms of tenants, it can in fact help lower your, uh, your glucose levels. Awesome. Sounds like a powerhouse. Yeah. And especially somebody who's somewhat healthy, like I am myself, um, somebody who's really damaged might notice a difference faster than I will. And this is not autophagy. This is not something that a 30 or 40 year old needs to take necessarily. I think that 45, 50, 55 is when that sort of kicks in. Okay. Everything has a time and a place. And again, it's, you know, it's very person dependent as well. Right. I mean, clearly there are healthy 30 year olds and really unhealthy 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. But if you're a normal, healthy 30 year old, this is not what you need. You need this when you're older. Okay. Okay, great. There are so many researched benefits to having good fat in your diet, but there is just one little problem with all this healthy fat. If you can't properly digest the fat in your diet, chances are you won't feel that great. And a lot of people lack the one key nutrient needed to digest fat. To really get the best results from any diet, whether it's carnivore, paleo, keto, or even vegan, I found there are three things that can really help optimize your results. First, enhance your digestion and elimination. Second, boost your cellular energy. And third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. And one of the best aids to a ketogenic lifestyle that I've ever found comes from my friends over at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. What Capex does is three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people aren't eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days. This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscles and in the liver. And they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel into your motor and more horsepower for your motor. If you take three to five capsules of K-Pax in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there's no nervous system stimulation. It works incredible as a pre-workout and even without caffeine. It's one of my go-tos when I'm in a fasted state. Now, it won't make up for bad eating or eating lots of excess calories, especially from processed foods and seed oils, but the research shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to kenergize.com slash ketocamp, that's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E forward slash ketocamp, camp with a K, you'll automatically get 10% off any package of Capex with the coupon code KETOCAMP10. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P-1-0. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. So five is what I call the security system, right? This is your immune system, and your immune system is fantastic when you're young. Fight off infection, respond to vaccines, you are up and running. As you get older, unfortunately, things don't go as well. You can't fight off infection, which is why I see a whole lot of people uh, as they're older, grandma and grandpa, get admitted for sepsis and infections and that sort of thing, because their immune system just sort of bites the dust. They also do not respond to vaccines as well, and that's rather unfortunate. And the other thing is that these cells that are supposed to turn into uh, immune cells actually turn into leukemias and lymphomas. Hmm. So there's a high risk of, an, of, of cancer in this category. The other thing that happens is that your whole body becomes systemically inflamed because you can no longer control the cytokines. So we want to boost all of our, our immune system so that these evil things do not happen. 
Mm-hmm. So we'll come back to one of the ways to do that, boost the immune system to be proactive. So we'll, we'll come back to that. I'll make it now. Continue. All right. So let's see. That is five. Six is a little hard to comprehend a bit because I call it individual cell needs. And this is based on the idea, like if you're looking at your factory, right, you have different types of employees. You've got the old guy in the corner office that's been there for 40 years, right? You've got the grumpy fat guy that just sits around and does nothing. And then you've got the summer intern who runs around like his head is cut off, right? Yeah. So you've got red cells. They run around. They only last for three months. They have a high uh, requirement in terms of energy from stem cells, but they themselves don't. But they also don't last very long. Uh, a liver cell needs something different than a bone cell, which is way different than a brain cell. Your brain cells are around for 100 years, and their requirements are, are going to be extraordinarily different because they're non-mobile and they're protected by the blood-brain barrier. So these very specific items of cellular requirements are sort of, you have to sort of identify them. And, and half of my book says, oh, all cells are the same. And then I get to this chapter, and I go, yeah, no, I lied. They're really not. <laughs> That's a great analogy, though. Right? Yeah, Thank I you. Love I love it. my employee model. <laughs> yeah, it's People great. kind of pissed at me, but... <laughs> <laughs> so the grumpy old man, is that like a senescent cell? Is that what you're referring That's to? That's exactly yeah. a senescent cell, right? It's the grumpy guy that sits in the corner. And senescent cells are really interesting. Some people call them zombie cells. Mm-hmm. But I like, I like the grumpy old guy cell. Because yeah. you can see him. He's sitting there. He's been there forever. He, he gets fat. He's eating too many donuts. And all he does is bitch and complain, right? And that's what your senescent cells do. Their morphology changes, they become fat, their organelles sort of change a bit, and they exude horrible cytokinins, and then they affect their neighbors. And it's the bad apple in a basket business where then it sort of spreads. So we need to get rid of our senescent cells, and there are only a few ways to do that, but it's definitely demonstrated that to get rid of them is very beneficial. And the other thing in this category are stem cells, which are the other way around, right? We don't want to kill them. We want to keep them alive as much as possible. And there are, you know, some things that are very helpful for stem cells. And then the last category is what I call waste management because you have to take out the trash. Mm-hmm. So trash in this case has to do with glycation for the most part, right? We Everyone knows that glucose isn't so great for you. And the question is like, why? Everyone knows it. And then you say, well, why? And they're like, yeah, I have no idea. Or they make up some kind of bull****. But so here's why. Glucose is sticky on the inside just as it's sticky on the outside. I always tell people, you get that lollipop's going to stick to your shirt and it's going to stick to everything on the inside. And non-enzymatically, meaning it just sort of does it all by itself, it sticks to other things, lipids, proteins, DNA, and they're called AGEs, advanced glycation end products. This molecule unto itself is extremely inflammatory. So that adds to the inflammatory problem of of getting old. And the other thing it does is it's very sticky. So this molecule tends to stick to collagen. And I love to use the analogy of like a fancy tablecloth, right? You've got fibers going in various directions. And as long as they're not gooped up, they slide, right? You can sort of watch the little fibers go back and forth. As soon as you put a glob of super glue on there, let it dry, and you try to pull the fibers, they break. Mm. And that is what happens to collagen-based organs when they get glycosylated. A great analogy. Yeah. So eating a ton of sugar, processed foods, carbohydrates every two to three hours, it's causing these these ages, these glycation end products in our bodies. So, okay. 
that is an amazing breakdown, I got to just say, of how aging works. And I love that, yes, they're all interconnected, but you really outline them in a way so people could understand it. So brilliantly done. And I know you go even to more detail in your book, The Kaufman Protocol, which we'll, we'll link down below in the podcast notes. I'm interested in, in revisiting the immune system aspect of this because you, we, we know we're living in 2021. We have a lot of things going on. People are now aware of the immune system. So let's talk about some things, some of your favorite ways to support the immune system so we could be proactive. Okay. So there are, number one, obviously diet, exercise, blah, 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 all of that. <laughs> yes, totally. We'll just, put the, we'll just put that aside so that we don't have to talk about it. Yes. Um, there are many things that help your immune system. So in easy, we talked about spermidine. Spermidine actually uh, affects ratios of macrophages. It affects uh, T memory cells. And it's proven that it makes vaccines more likely to help people. So if you're old and you're getting the COVID vaccine, if you take spermidine, the efficacy just skyrockets. So that, that's helpful. Yeah, interesting. Um, there are a variety of ones. Quercetin helps. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cheat for a second and you're going to shoot me. <laughs> that's okay. What about zinc? Uh, zinc is useful. Here actually as an interesting sort of aside, I put together what I call the quick and easy anti-coronavirus guide. Mm, cool. And I can tell you what's really interesting is, in my opinion anyway, there's six ways the virus gets into you. Mm -hmm. So you can actually block viral entry, you can block viral replication, you can block release, you can block mast cell granulation, and you can block cytokine release. Let's block so it all. all. things are essentially boosting your immune system. Okay. One of the cool things that blocks entry uh, it's quercetin as well as curcumin. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, you talk about that a lot. And but you always say it has to be the right bioavailable source, right? That is correct. It is one of the strongest anti-inflammatories we have. Uh, it's just unbelievably uh, effective. The key, however, is you're right. It has to be bioavailable. People say, oh, I, you know, I put turmeric on my food. Is that good enough? And the answer is, I'm sure it tastes fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to do squat. Yeah. So not only does it, that not do squat, regular curcumin, the bioavailability, meaning the ability for it to actually do something for you, is pretty crappy too. It lasts in your, in your body for about an hour. So knowing how effective curcumin is, there's been this escalating war, which we're only going to benefit from, of who can make the most bioavailable curcumin. Um, and you want to find one in a nanomycel or some sort of special packaging to increase the bioavailability. Okay. Um, let's see. Also on the list, so you can block viral replication. Quercetin does it. Again, curcumin does it. Uh, EGCG, green tea does it. And that's one of my favorite things too, because it's also a very potent epigenetic modifier. Uh, and this is also where zinc comes into play. It blocks viral replication. What about vitamin D? Where does that fall here? D is, uh, it does, it actually increases a lot of your immune system. Mm -hmm. If you are low to medium, you definitely need to have more vitamin D. If you're super high, you're probably fine. I can tell you that kids with cystic fibrosis get given huge doses of vitamin D. Mm. And I don't really know if you need to be way, way, way over, but you need to be to the, the medium to high range for it to be effective. So what, over 50? Uh, to be honest, I forget what the scale is. Yeah, it's usually like 30 to 100. And uh, yeah, I like to be over 60 uh, when I'm doing my lab work. Okay, that, that's helpful. Where, where can we get that guide, by the way, for the, the six ways to stop viral? So interestingly enough, it's on my Instagram page. I put it up months and months and months ago. And uh, I actually don't know if people use it or not. But I will tell you that I put myself on, I picked four of them. 
And I work in a hospital, obviously, and I threw myself into a bunch of COVID rooms completely unprotected, and I, I couldn't get it. Wow. I'm pretty sure either I'm just magic or it just really works. Yeah, that's a good that's a good test there. So we'll we'll link down below your your Instagram page so the audience could get that. Were you done with that document or did you have something else to add there? No, 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 we're good. I mean, there's a variety of other things, but they're sort of more esoteric and it's just going to complicate matters. Okay, yeah, they could go check out that document. You mentioned something. You said uh, epigenetic modifiers, and I'd love to get into that topic because there's genetics and then there's epigenetics above the gene. So what are some of your favorite, you mentioned a few, but what are your favorite epigenetic modifiers and why are they your favorite and what are the best ways to get them? Okay, so I'm going to assume that people don't know what epigenetics is, so I'm going to give you like... yeah. The, the super easy, fast rundown. So everyone knows, at least people, I think that went to fifth grade, your genetics, your, your DNA, it's a spiral, it's like a stairwell that's twisted. Hey, Keto Camper, I wanna interrupt this episode real quick and let you know about a product I've been using to reduce inflammation and to get better sleep. When it comes to the CBD space, it is like the wild, wild west. And the company I've discovered is Dr. Phillips Formulations. It is pure, safe, potent, and yes, it's formulated by a doctor. They bring over 20 years of medical experience to their CBD oil. They have a proprietary formulation which combines pure, high-quality ingredients with the knowledge of a board-certified physician. They have tinctures that are internationally certified for non-GMO, and here's what they also have. Keto CBD fruit chews. Yes, they are keto-friendly, They taste delicious, and they're a great way to reduce inflammation in the body. If you want to get your hands on these CBD tinctures and keto fruit chews, head over to drphillipscbd.com. That is D-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-C-B-D.com. We will also put a link for you in the podcast notes down below. Okay, let's get back to this episode. And everyone knows there's A to T, C to G, et cetera. And the pattern of those tell your body what to make. And when, at least when I went to med school, that was all we knew. And we're like, well, wow, that's amazing. How in the heck do you know, like, where to go to make what? So it turns out epigenetics, meaning just on top of that pattern, uh, is what dictates what gets translated and, and then turned into an actual protein. And so your DNA gets methylated. So little methyl groups are, are put onto the sides. I like to think of them as little lollipops and they serve as actual blockers or signaling systems. And then the, uh, the spiral of the DNA is wrapped around something called histones. So if you think about Christmas lights, you get a chain, it wraps around a histone twice, then you get another chain, it wraps around another histone. So you could have get this like knotty ball necklace leak thing sort of and the good news is that histones also get decorated so they get methylated they get phosphorylated they get acetylated and all of these things just dictate to your body exactly what you need to make or not make this changes as you get older so if you take two identical twins their dna at least the base code is is completely identical and you put them in two different environments they're going to look different over time right they get more and more and more different because the outside world is causing their epigenetics to change we do not know exactly what's good or bad it is a jump to think that something's good for you is actually a positive epigenetic modifier we know that certain things like cause uh, methylation to either be methylated or demethylated or acetylated or deacetylated, but we don't have any actual direct evidence of why exactly yet for all of these things. 
So people are all excited about taking, you know, SAM for methylation, blah, 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 blah. And the answer is we don't know if that's actually useful. We don't. Right. But what you do want to do is we say, you know what, we assume that the things that are good for you that have zero side effects or that do have epigenetic modification abilities uh, are positive methylate or positive epigenetic modifiers. So one of the most potent and my favorite is EGCG that comes from green tea. And the reason I love this so much is it's been used for thousands of years. No one has ever had a problem with it. And we know that people that take excessive amounts of green tea, not only are skinnier, because it sort of helps with the uh, fat enzymes as well, yep. they just seem to do better. Do you prefer drinking it or supplement supplementing it? Doesn't with matter. It? Uh, it. it doesn't matter. A cup of tea has 40-ish milligrams and uh, a pill has 400. Okay. There used to be something called the green tea diet, and they wanted you to drink 10 cups of green tea a day to help you lose weight. And I would imagine that it probably worked, but you probably just peed a lot too. Um, but, you know, so if you take a capsule, you just basically drank roughly 10 cups. Okay, awesome. Yeah, the catechins help with uh, fat oxidation. So there's tre tremendous benefits. With well, it does it. it does many things. I, yeah. I, I don't want people to think that every time I have a category and I say something, it's the only thing that it does it in. <laughs> right, right. Got uh, it. And the whole point of the Kaufman rating system was to sort of demonstrate that any agent could have many effects in many categories. The question being is how efficacious was it? Yeah, and you have a really cool, speaking of your rating scale, I mean, explain that real quick because it was really fascinating. You had these different categories from zero to three, depending on. So explain your, your rating scale real quick. So what I started doing is once I realized that there were seven categories, or maybe it wasn't a realization, maybe I just fabricated the whole thing, <laughs> created the seven categories, I tried to keep track of my favorite molecules and what they did in each category, right? Did it help? Did it not? Eh. So I started with this like check and minus system. Like, yeah, I can found some evidence. It's pretty good. Or yep, no, nothing got a negative. But then it was like, oh my God, this one's amazing. So I get two checks. Oh no, this is really, really amazing. So I got three checks. I'm like, all right, this is kind of bull****. So I created what I call the hierarchy of evidence. If a particular agent had amazing effects in humans and there was evidence, it got a three. If it did absolutely nothing, it got a zero. And then the evidence in between became a one or a two. So basically, if it's theoretically possible in a test tube and there's evidence of that, it's a one. If there's evidence in rodent systems, it's a two. And then in humans, it gets a three. Okay. So every agent that I've now looked at comes with a seven-digit rating number that looks a little bit intimidating. Um, and I certainly haven't memorized them all. But the idea is so that you can keep track of what you are taking. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people take a whole lot of stuff because they read something and go, oh, that's a great idea. And then they take it, but they don't really know why. And for example, I met a ton of people on like 12 free radical scavengers. And I said, well, what about your DNA? What about your glycation? And they have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm. So the idea is if you take whatever agents you're on and you line up all the numbers and you add up all the numbers, it gives you a relative scale of which categories you're doing well in and which categories you sort of need to, you know, to improve. Brilliant. The other thing it does is that once you get older, and you're still young, but as you get older and you have concomitant medical problems, it is clearly a failure in one of the categories. Excuse me, the easiest example is diabetes. You know, if you have been either a type 1 or type 2 diabetic, glycation is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And so we add more points in the waste management category to try to minimize the, the damage done by the glucose. 
because you can and you can block the uh, the eight steps from a, a glucose becoming an AGE, and there's some evidence that you can strip AGEs. So if you sort of maximize that category, you're managing your disease much better than you would otherwise. Makes sense. So that's it's custom to the person and their unique needs is what you're saying. Oh yeah, there is so, there is no one size fits all in this, and that is what people have to take home as well. If you're a healthy 30 year old, right, you're going to be worried about sun damage and epigenetics. Mm-hmm. If you're 40, you're going to start hitting deficiencies. If you are 50, now you're going to start worrying about cancers, right? And it also depends on your family history. If you have a family history of uh, neurologic disease early, then we need to worry about free radical scavenging that crosses through the blood-brain barrier, for example. So every person comes with their own unique needs, which is sort of why I did all of this. Yeah, and the book outlines it. If In case you got lost there, you could re-listen to it, but the book explains it well. And the first time I read it, I didn't really understand it, and then I started to look at the rating scores, and I started to make sense. So it took me a couple of uh, reads to understand it. Now I understand it. I think it's brilliantly done. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN to apply a $4 off coupon. That is Ben, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Now, ECGC, where does that rate in your... Do you remember what the score was? Maybe we can find um, that. I can tell you in two seconds. Yeah, and that's one of your favorite epigenetic modifiers. I know you also like other things, which we'll get into, like sulforaphane, resveratrol, curcumin. So ECGC is just good across the board. Mm-hmm. So it's a two two zero two zero zero two. All right, there you go. Right. So some people like to add up all of the numbers at the end and say, oh, yes, this is good. You know, they take the ones with the most points. Other people like to do it by category. Mm -hmm. I I call some of them generalists and some of them like specialists. Right. So, for example, polypodium, it's a specialist. It increases your DNA repair mechanisms, but it doesn't really do a whole lot of anything else. But if you're out in the sun and you have DNA damage or other reasons to have a significant amount of DNA damage, then you have to take it. There's also something called AC11. It's also a DNA specialist. 
you know, speaking of the sun and skin damage, I, I heard you talk about astaxanthin and how that could be a powerful way to protect your skin. Oh, my uh, God. I, this is my favorite molecule. Really? Oh, my God. I got in trouble on an interview because I said if I would could be a molecule, I would be astaxanthin. <laughs> and the guy thought that was the strangest thing he'd ever heard. Why? Why? Tell me why. Well, who wants to be an orange glob, I guess? It's, it's just this fabulous molecule. It comes from algae. If you piss off uh, an algae, meaning physiologically stress it, mm -hmm. it just creates this orangish pinkish goo, which it's my kids call it angry algae. It's fantastic, right? But this goo, what it does is it protects that particular algae cell from harmful environmental insults. Animals and other creatures eat this goo and they turn colors as well. So for example, anything pink-ish in the marine system is because of astaxanthin. Mm -hmm. So it gets concentrated in roseate spoonbills, in salmon especially, in krill, and a variety of things that are pink. And what I like to do is when I go to the grocery store, I pick the fish that's the most pink or orangish color because I'm convinced it has more astaxanthin in it. Yeah, makes sense. But Astaxanthin, so number one, it's a free radical scavenger all by itself, and it's incredibly potent. You can take it once a day, and it sort of embeds itself in the mitochondrial outer wall, sucks up free radicals, sits there for 24 hours, and then it just leaves. It's fantastic. Wow, it's awesome. It also stimulates your body to make your own free radical scavenger, so it increases your SODs or your catalase or your glutathione or that sort of thing, and it's an amazing anti-inflammatory. So it's like a win-win all the way around. There are no downsides whatsoever. It's just an amazing molecule. Yeah. So what, what anyway, but so back to the skin. Yeah. What, what it does, sun damage is because UV radiation causes free radicals to attack your DNA, and this causes an inflammatory reaction. So the astaxanthin absorbs the free radicals so that your DNA remains intact and you don't become inflamed. Mm. Uh, and I know this works because I am super blonde. And as you said, we live in Miami and I rely on it for the most part because I forget sunscreen all the time and I don't ever burn. And my redhead plays a ton of tennis and she never burns. Mm. And uh, I've said this too, it's sort of funny. She is my brand tester. So if I buy some sort of cheap brand because I'm like, you know, feeling cheap that day, she'll be like, oh no, mom, I got, I got red today. That <laughs> and then we go back to, you know, like a, a better brand. That's so interesting. So if you're going to be out on a boat or a tennis match, to your to your point, we're going to go to the beach for several hours. It'll be smart to supplement with astaxanthin, a, a bioavailable source of it. What is a general recommendation of uh, how much per day, how much, how many milligrams? So it comes in four, six, tens, and twelves. Mm -hmm. I tell people if they're just hanging out, you know, they don't go outside a lot, just regular stuff, four should be fine. If you're a pro athlete or you are outside all the time, take 12. If you're like a medium-ish person, go with six. But you can always take 12 or double it up if you know you're going to spend the day at a picnic or on a boat or et cetera. Is there any drawback to taking 16 or 12 when not at all? Not that, okay. not that I'm aware of. Interesting. Okay. Unless you turn, you might turn into an orange glob. That, that's about it. I've taken a boatload and I've never turned colors. I, I okay. did turn a little yellow when I had too much curcumin. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> the only medical curcumin I could take, and man, did I turn yellow. Interesting. So for that was a good idea. How long were you yellow for? Oh, like 24 hours. <laughs> okay, that's fascinating. All right, astaxanthin for, for the win. I know you don't really endorse supplements, but which is your favorite one for astaxanthin? Uh, I got to go with bioastin. The Hawaiian source, yeah. They make it in Iceland, Japan, and Hawaii. 
And I've actually had friends that live in Hawaii and they've been to the factory and they've just said fantastic things about it. The quality is super high. I've recommended a ton and people seem to just really love it. Never had any issues with it. I don't have the capacity to actually test brands. So I have to go a whole lot on hearsay, advertising and what they send me in the mail, but it seems to be one of the best companies. Okay. All right. Awesome. We'll put a link for that down below. Uh, Let's go back to the epigenetic modifier conversation. So we talked about ECGC. Now, what about sulforaphane, resveratrol, and curcumin? What what are some good ways to get that, and why do you love them so much? So I love resveratrol uh, and its cousin, pterostilbene. Resveratrol comes from red wine. Pterostilbene comes from blueberries. Mm -hmm. And they are extremely multifunctional. So they actually have points in every category. And we just know that they are epigenetic modifying. They affect your methylation as well as your um, acylation rates. And we just know they're extremely good for you. So I have something called the panacea. Yeah. And people always laugh at me because the beginning works and then the ends are sort of... (laughs) Explain it. I think it's great. So the panacea is built for people over 40. Because inevitably I go through all of these sort of crazy explanations and they're like, oh yeah, I don't get it. Just tell me what to take. Like, okay, right. So the answer is the panacea. And again, 40 and over, if you're 30 and you take this, it's just not going to help you. It's not going to do squat. But anyway, so starts with pterostilbene because it's the most, one of the most active sirtuin activators. But as you said, it's also an epigenetic modifier. It helps with your DNA. It helps with innumerable things. Super, super important. Eating the blueberries or, or supplementing with it, can you get benefits from both? You can. I compared the amount of blue of Patera still being in blueberries, and you have to eat like three gallons a day. Oh, okay. Supplementation then. <laughs> Got it. Well, uh, yeah. Unless you know, it's funny. I was I was kidding around. Unless you want to like look like you came off of the Willy Wonka set, <laughs> yeah, right. maybe just a little pill would be. Plus, fun. that's too much sugar and fructose either way. Yeah. Pros and cons. I mean, they taste delicious, right? But yeah, not the best idea ever. Or you can drink a ton of red wine too. Just don't drink and drive because then I'm sure I will get busted for recommending that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, it's funny. Everything is something good for you. Red wine has resveratrol. White wine has quercetin. Mm. And uh, beer is full of spermidine. So like, you can always come up with an excuse to have a drink after work. <laughs> yeah, because Dr. Sandra Kaufman said it. <laughs> exactly. Just please don't overdo it and get me busted. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the panacea starts with P, which is pterosilbene. The A is astaxanthin, and you know why that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. The N is nicotinamide, and we talked about that. Caveats to that is there's a war raging in the nicotinamide world. So there's nicotinamide riboside, there's nicotinamide mononucleotide. Those are the two orals. You can also take just regular niacin, but it's got some nasty side effects, so that's not a great That, that flushes, yeah, scares some people. Pretty, pretty brutal, right? <laughs> yeah because there's sort of a, no- a monopoly going on. Number one, there's a fight between those two producers. But people have also made patches. They've made nasal sprays. They've made IV infusions. Suppositories I've used as well, yeah. You know, it's it's however you get it into your body is fine. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, having worked in a hospital for a zillion years, no one has ever shown up in the emergency room with a stat need for NAD, <laughs> like ever, ever in their life. So you don't really need the IV infusion, although I think some people think it's cool to sit there and get IVs because they're like, man, I'm Jones and out, get my cool, whatever. makes no difference whatsoever. It's going to take you a few weeks, depending on how deficient you are to sort of catch up. But there's no need to spend, you know, 2000 bucks or whatever it is on an infusion when it could just take you a little bit of time to orally do it. Got it. 
some people think it's cool, whatever. I just think it's sort of, you know, putting, putting IVs in all day, I just find it sort of pedantic and un- unnecessary. It's time consuming. Plus, I've heard it really, um, it burns and it, you feel like your chest is like uh, compressing when you get the IV drip. You know what? I did not know that. So That's what I've heard. Anecdotally, I haven't done it myself. Yeah, I heard that. It really starts to feel the pressure in your chest. Ben Greenfield's spoken about it. He's been on his show. He's been on mine as well. And a few of the doctors that I work with have, have shared that. So, yeah. Uh, I'd rather take it orally or a patch or, or even suppository. Yeah. So much easier. I'm, good luck with that suppository thing. That sounds <laughs> It's okay. It's not as bad. pills and we're good to go. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> My <laughs> fiance, she wouldn't, she won't do it either. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> That's fine. Um, depending on how old you are will depend too on how deficient you are. So and you're not really going to notice anything until your late, late 30s, early 40s. And then, depending on how long it is until you realize that you're sort of deficient, and most people have no idea that they're deficient, right? They just, they come to me like, oh, I'm so tired, I have no energy, but well, clearly mm-hmm. your mitochondria suck. So maybe we could sort of soup that up a bit. So if someone is uh, 50, 60, or 70, I will give them bigger bolus doses for a few weeks uh, and then taper it back down to some sort of a basal rate. Okay. So we sort of cheat the IV system, give you a bolus, and then taper back. Okay. So there, there are way, many ways it's going to get. Uh, and the other thing, I guess they have patches too. I don't know if you've ever tried They do. Them. I haven't tried it, but I've heard of them, yeah. My issue with patches, at least, so I used to be a pain doctor for kids, and I would put them on some fentanyl patches. And the problem, at least in Miami, is when they would go outside and exercise, or they'd be hot, mm. the skin warms up, and you get this huge bolus of drug. And then when you go inside and cool off, it sort of shuts off. So we had a whole lot of narcotic issues. And I can only assume that the same thing's going to happen with your, your nicotinamide because yeah. it's the same transdermal method of working. I guess a good time to wear it would be like on a, on a long air travel flight. It's temperature controlled. You're dealing with inflammation. That might be the, the one time to use it, but I've never done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it would be useful when you can just pop a pill. But anyway. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> many ways it's going to get. Let's see, that's nicotinamide. Okay, moving down the list, so PAN, P-A-N. So we, we skip here to the C's, curcumin. I personally like metacurcumin, but there are many bioavailable uh, options out there. Okay. I will tell people that the really old-fashioned way to do it is they mix it with pepper. Right. People still love this. But the reason pepper kind of helps is that it actually shuts down your liver enzymes. So they're not digesting really a whole lot of anything so that you get more kick out of your curcumin. But it's like a really old technology, and there's so many better options out there. So anyone using pepper, you can just sort of, you know, maybe give that up a bit. So companies that are using like bioparin or pepper extract with their curcumin, they're kind of using old technology is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, understood. Got it. There are way better ones out there, and, you know, unless you're particularly thrilled, you can move on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that it shuts down some of your liver enzymes, you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so that's probably not a good thing. It's really not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, so that's lasting longer. And if you're on any concomitant medications and they happen to be using the same liver pathway, those aren't going to get broken down either. So mm. it's really just not a fantastic strategy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Great, great share. There you go. And then last on the panacea list is carnosine. And I got to tell you, I love carnosine. This stuff's amazing. So it's a it's a dipeptide. We all have it in our bodies. Men have more than women, and we have less and less and less as we get older. 
Uh, it helps your mitochondria. You create more free radical scavengers with it, and it's also a free radical scavenger unto itself. And then in addition, it's a transglycosylator, and I love this. So it can lift the glucose off of some of your tissues so you can alleviate some of the AGE problems. Ah, interesting. So even more important for like a type 2 diabetic or somebody who's insulin resistant. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, but I have this theory that we're all pre-diabetic. I think it doesn't really matter what your hemoglobin A1C or your daily glucose level is. Over the course of 100 years, that's you're true. Gonna, you're going to be oscillated from head to toe. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So if you can block it slowly instead of waiting till you're like old and decrepit, if you can mm -hmm. start now, you're just going to do better. Mm -hmm. uh, the caveat with carnosine is because you have it in your body already, which, by the way, makes it a supplement, not an adjuvant, you have enzymes to break it down. You have carnosinase. And the more carnosine you have in your body, because of positive feedback loops, you create more carnosinase. So every month or so, usually every two months, what I do, it come off of it for a week. Your enzymes that degrade it go back down to normal, and then you get a more bang for your buck. <laughs> so rather oh, yeah. than escalating the dose, you just give your enzymes a break. Got it. Cycle on and off of it. I like that. Is that the whole panacea that you got there? So that is that is the standard panacea. Uh, if people have like kind of a crappy lifestyle, I'll throw in the ECG scene and sort of, plus it's an extra letter in the panacea. That is basically the panacea. So when people come to me and they have no idea where to start and they're terrified of taking that many supplements, mm -hmm. that is the biggest bang for your buck. If you're the over the age of 40. That is correct. Now, the last few minutes here, I want to get into your new book. I just realized before we started recording, you're writing a new book. What is it about? Give us a synopsis. And when do you plan to release it to the world? Okay, well, I'm going to back up a little bit. So the old book I wrote as sort of a Hail Mary. The Kaufman Protocol? Kaufman Protocol. I figured all of this out out of completely selfish reasons. Okay. I didn't want to age. And I was just, it was all just very confusing. And I thought, oh, my God. So I tried to figure this out. And I started doing all of these things. And I, what I have, what I call is the uh, very literal open door policy at work. And I, you know, I run an operating room. So everyone walks into my office every day. And over the course of a few years, people are like, oh my God, what are you doing to yourself? And then I would go through this whole explain it thing. And they'd be like, oh my God, well, I need something too. And after I explained it over and over and over again, I'm like, well, maybe other people want to know about this. So I wrote it all down and I added the top 15 agents that I was aware of at the time with a lot of research into what they did and you know how you could get them and what to look for and all sort of the ins and outs. But I really had no idea if anyone ever read the, would read it. I mean, it, it could have been just the biggest piece of garbage and waste of time ever. Uh, I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have an agent. I wasn't part of the longevity community. So this was just sort of a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. And I put it out on Amazon and it, it has become this really bizarre cult classic. I don't even know who buys this thing, but every day people buy it. It's amazing. Awesome. I've never advertised ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. I don't have an agent. I don't even know, you know, people find me out of the blue. It's really crazy. I, rock stars, movie stars have found me. Wow. Crazy stuff has happened. That's awesome. Which, which basically means people really want to know this stuff. Yeah. And it's working for them because they'll share it with somebody. Oh, yeah. I get emails every day. My, you know, my brother was on this. They told me to read the book. I got it for him for Christmas. Now what do I do? And it just begets itself. It's really amazing. So I think that there's a huge, you know, a huge need for this information out there. And once I realize that, then you, you keep looking, digging and deeper, right? And people send me things. Oh, have you looked at such and such an agent? 
So I just plunged into the reality that there's so many really amazing agents out there. Clearly, there's more than 15. And so this particular book now is going to have, I think, 32, unless I change that. And it's going to be set up by Oregon System this time. Cool. Because people say, okay, that's great, the panacea, but, but, you know, I've got a history of neurologic problems. What do I specifically worry about for my brain? Or, you know, I'm osteopenic. What about my bones? You know, and so on and so forth. And a lot of women, oh, my God, what about my skin? So it's going to be agents. uh, And, again, it's not a one-to-one ratio. Like some things will be really good for your bones, but also good for this, that, and the other. So it'll have full chapters about all of these different agents organized around what they do the best. That's brilliant. Uh, in terms of a title, I have no blooming idea. <laughs> It'll come to you. I have no idea. The first title, I couldn't figure out what to call it. And I was walking down the hospital hallway and I'm like, I just, you know, one nurse goes, you know, what are you thinking about? So I told her, she's like, well, duh, it's the Kaufman protocol. <laughs> she just said it so flippantly. I'm like, mm, I guess it is. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know what the second book's going to be called. So yeah. I will throw it out there. If any listener wants to give me a title, I'll mention you in the book. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching the YouTube video of the interview here, put a comment down below of what you think the title should be, and I'll forward it to you. Uh, <laughs> when do you plan on that book coming out? I hope nine months. I mean, oh wow, okay. It, it takes a heck of a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I'm to the point that every agent is now outlined and researched and all of that, but it's not in prose yet. I think I'm four into the prose where I have to write it out into sentences that people actually understand. Yeah. And then the last step is trying to make it funny. Hmm. Well, your analogies are great. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them in there. And, and there, there will be. They don't exist yet. Got it. I want the information there. So I go through extreme science and then narrowing it down to what's really, truly important and then looking for humorous, easy ways to explain stuff. And I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I will. Yeah, you will. Can't wait to read it. When you have it out into the world and you're ready to promote it, we'll do an in-person interview and we'll bring you back on the show and uh, we'll have a great conversation in person. Where would you like the Keto Campers to go check you out after they finish this episode? Good question. So I am easily findable. I am so not original. So everything is pretty much KaufmanProtocol.com. Well, it's Kaufman Protocol. So KaufmanProtocol.com is obviously the website. It's the name of the book if you go to Amazon. Um, and then we sort of screwed up when we set up Instagram. So that's actually Kaufman anti-aging. So that one's a little bit different. Okay. And everything else is Kaufman protocol. Yep. And there's a, there's an email on the website and I will tell you that people email me all the time and I'm happy to answer every question. I do not have a staff. It is me and me alone. So when people ask me questions, I take them very seriously. I answer all emails, but it does take me a bit of time because again, it's, it's just me and this is a hobby. It's not my day job. Yeah. Well, that's impressive that you answer all the, all those emails. So great. So if you email Sandra, you just wait, you'll get a reply. Just be patient. <laughs> and we'll put all of your, your links and resources and social media down below, including the book, The Kaufman Protocol. We'll put the, the link for that down below in the podcast and video notes. I want to thank you for your amazing research. Thank you for spending all the hours studying all the research out there and just giving it to us so we could apply it right away and benefit from that. I love that. I just love standing on the shoulders of giants like yourself. So thank you for the conversation today. I had so much fun conversing with you, but also studying and getting ready for the podcast episode. And I look forward to round two with you with your new book. That sounds like a really fun time. I I appreciate it. (laughs) 
I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Kaufman. She is a wealth of information. You might want to rewind and replay this episode a couple times. Go get her book, The Kaufman Protocol. We'll drop a link for it in the notes of this podcast. It's a fantastic book. You're going to learn a ton. Also, if you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet, please do so. If you're getting any value from it, leave that on Apple Podcast. And if you want to join my free Keto and Fasting Masterclass, head to ketosismasterclass.com before the spots fill up. Check me out on Instagram, at the Benazadi, Clubhouse, at the Benazadi, YouTube, Keto Camp on YouTube, Camp with the K. Hope you got tremendous value from this episode. Please share it with a friend, text it to somebody, post it on social media, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.